Entrepreneur on Fire 869. What is it? <laughs> Follow. You caught me out. Follow one course until successful. That was it. Inspiration defines EO Fire. Launching your podcast in 15 days defines freepodcastcourse.com. Ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50 plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Ready to add a professional ring to your business? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for our listeners, so visit evoice.com slash fire today. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Justin Gilchrist. Justin, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. Yes. That's why I, I love podcasts in the US because there's just so much energy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great. I feel like chest bumping something. <laughs> Justin is the co-founder of Centurica. He helps entrepreneurs buy established internet companies in web-based businesses, giving them a more predictable shortcut to where they want to be. He's also the author of Digitally Wed. Justin, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally. Next Expound upon the biz. Absolutely, John, and thank you for having me. Yes. So I've a long history of buying and selling and operating both on and offline businesses, but mostly online companies, so internet, web-based companies. And the last two years, I've kind of channeled that into helping small entrepreneurs and small companies who buy web-based businesses, make sure that what they're buying is effectively a good deal make sure that there's no fraud or misrepresentation and ultimately just put them on the path to getting a profitable working business or system in place without any of the headaches that usually come with it. Well, that's exactly the kind of shortcuts that we're looking for here because we're not trying to recreate the wheel fire nation. We're not trying to you know, just start from square one. We're all in some way, shape and form standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's exactly what Justin's proffering right here. And Justin, we have a lot to get to, my friend, a lot. I'm going to be picking your brain like no other today. So we're going to dive right into it because we really focus on the entrepreneurial journey here at Entrepreneur on Fire. So take us, Justin, to your worst entrepreneurial moment. Tell us that story. I say there's so many, I don't think we've got enough time, but um, I think one of the one of the worth ones that stands out for me is when I was younger, I had a, a printing company. And anybody here that's uh, an entrepreneur that has a, a business, especially one that involves staff or an offline element, will probably be able to emphasize at one point, I remember having, I think, a 45 grand wage bill for that month wow. and having around £6,000 in the account. And it was kind of Friday morning, <laughs> wages needed to be in the account like that morning. And it was just like the, the darkest time. I remember going around from bank to bank, advancing on credit cards. I was 23 at the time. And it was just a, a really, really bad time. But it was one that in hindsight was caused by lack of experience and a, a lack of other things, many other things, which I've since learned along the way. So whenever I hear printing and that type of thing, I always think back to Benjamin Franklin. Have you ever read his biography? 
I absolutely do. You know, the, the funny thing is, I've listened to the the audio version of his biography, but it was actually the guy who was narrating the audio version is just so terrible. I never got through it. I just find him really his voice is really annoying. But it's uh, a great autobiography. Um, if I get the chance to read it, I certainly will. Cool. Well, thanks for that because I was just going to say, oh, I'm going to go listen to that. But now I will avoid that same fate no, that you experienced. Avoid it like plague. Because Benjamin Franklin, to me, is just one of these American heroes. You know, he is the penultimate entrepreneur from back in the day. He leaves Boston and his family behind to go strike it out on his own to Philadelphia, and then strikes it out on his own over in London, and then comes back. And, and all the times he's failing and having all these incredibly difficult times. But the reality is, you know, he didn't have something like the internet to fall back on. You know, it was like you were going to start a printing company or you're not. Like it was kind of one of the two. So he just powered through and succeeded. So really fascinating, something I recommend to you, Fire Nation. But Justin, I want to kind of talk about the essence of what you consider your failure. I mean, you told the story, but if you could go back, you know, right now with what you know to that 23-year-old, what would you tell that, that, you know, very ambitious, enthusiastic you know, but doomed for failure, gentlemen. Sell every day, every day, wake up and sell. Like the funny thing is, as entrepreneurs, I think a lot of us would be in the same boat whereby we are great salespeople and we're excellent when it comes to selling our own product to our own company. But what we're terrible on, I'm saying we is in the real way, what I was terrible on was consistency. And you get distracted by shiny objects and you know, you love that buzz of something new and something exciting and a new challenge. So sometimes you just forget to do the things, the day-to-day things that make a difference. And one of those things that made the biggest difference at the time for me was just making sure we were always selling. And if you're an offline company, that might mean picking up the phone. It might mean calling clients. It might mean selling to your existing clients and making sure that you're retaining them. Or it could mean if you're an internet company, just checking your PPC campaigns, it could mean looking for a new audience to promote to. But every day you just need to do that mundane act of of marketing and selling to move your company forward and not really get so distracted by new initiatives and new things. Do what works. Justin, a phrase that I love is be better at the basics. Like really just look at your your fundamentals, your basics and say, what is at the core of my business the keys to me succeeding? You know, and to, to kind of shine a little light on Entrepreneur on Fire, I've had a lot of success. But if I forgot the basics, Justin, of finding great guests for my show, that's a seven-day-a-week show, all of a sudden a month goes by and I'm like, I don't have any guests lined up for next month and I'm scrambling and the guest quality goes down. Those are the basics that built my company. I can never forget those. I have to wake up every morning and I have to sell Entrepreneur on Fire, not just to Fire Nation, but to my future guests as well to make sure that I'm still bringing that quality 365 days of the year. So Fire Nation, think about what your basics are. You know, tack that on your wall, stamp it to your forehead. So when you look in the mirror, you're saying, okay, that's right. Today is a day. So I need to do the basics today before I get to all those weapons of mass distraction and those bright, shiny objects. What are your thoughts, Justin? You know, what really stands out to me about your podcast is you do, and this is no disrespect to any other sort of podcast owners out there, but there are very few people in podcasting at the moment that just do all the basics really well. And I'm talking about some pretty big podcasts and, you know, some sort of pretty reputable interviewers. You run your podcast like a business. And that doesn't mean that there's no personality. It's full of your personality and full of your personal touch. 
but everything about every interaction that we've had so far has been <laughs> systemized and professional and it just makes sure that everything gets done the way it should be and it's why your production quality is probably far superior to the majority of other podcasts out there so you know i thank you for that Justin, well, I thank you. And, you know, a, a couple of quick side notes about some things that he's talking about, Fire Nation, the lead up to this interview. You know, Justin has all the tools that he needs to make sure that he's covered for his side, the interview flow, the questions, X, Y, Z. Before the interview, I'm asking him how to pronounce his name, his company, because I want to get that right for him, because it's unprofessional not to. And Justin, thank you for that, my friends. But this is not an interview about me. And, you know, I've kind of let it drift that way a little bit. And I'm going to shine the light back on you, the guest, who has incredible stories to share. And this next story is your aha moment, your epiphany, that light bulb that went on. So Justin, take us to that moment in time. Tell us that story. And let's kind of walk through afterwards the steps you took to turn that idea into success. Sure. So, I mean, we have uh, a paper here. Um, it comes out every year. We have the, the Sunday Times Rich List, which is a little bit like the, I think, Forbes do a, a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the Rich List here, it's uh, the richest people in the UK. And I remember one Sunday morning, it, it's like a family ritual, by the way, like you get the Rich List and you take half of Sunday off and just sort of, <laughs> you know, wonder, wonder when you're going to make it somewhere. And drool <laughs> and just like drool as you turn yeah, the pages. Exactly. And it's a, it's a really, um, it's a really fascinating read just to see how things have changed over the last 10 years. Like a lot of the ways people have become wealthy and, and where the wealth is has shifted massively here in the UK. But one of the, the big aha moments for me most recently was reading through that and realizing that there was not a single person in probably the top 50 that had become rich from a niche or as you guys say niche <laughs> um and you know there's so much talk in internet marketing and a lot of the courses and books you read will tell you that in order to succeed you need to go find a niche market like a really tiny market and dominate or conquer that market and actually i think that's kind of counterproductive because all that will happen is if you are the best you can be you're likely to hit a ceiling and you just realize that you're a huge fish in a small pond. And I think at that moment for me personally, I realized that I'd spent the majority of my life being this or trying to be a big fish in a small pond. And then when I got to be that, what I wanted, um, I inevitably then realized that it wasn't enough and started the whole process again. But I think one of the biggest takeaways from that is find a big market, find a market that looks really difficult, really insurmountable. And tackle it because worst case scenario, you're more likely to be better off with a tiny bit of a huge market with potential to grow than you are conquering 80, 90% of a tiny market that really nobody cares about. So I think uh, the, the big aha moment for me was if you want to be really, really wealthy, then you need to solve a really big problem and being niche or super niche will never help you do that. One of the things that personally, as the host, Justin, I love about Entrepreneur on Fire is the fact that with a daily show, I get to bring on incredible, successful entrepreneurs from all over the world, from all different industries, whatever you want to call it, and they all have different opinions. And you know what? There's gold in every one of those opinions. And I think Fire Nation, you're listening right now, 
And you might be saying, you know, I've heard some contradictory things in the past. You know, I've heard some entrepreneurs, John's brought on, say, you know, niche, 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 niche till it hurts. And now I'm hearing Justin, who's very successful. And I've heard other people as well say, no, go for the big market and get a small slice of that really big pie. And guess what? There's wisdom in both and there's correct and, and well, there's there's just wisdom in both and there's also right paths in both. But you just have to find the right path for you. Because I will say, Justin, and I've definitely preached this before as well, there are specific times when specific entrepreneurs need to get that momentum going. And frankly, they're never going to get that momentum going. They're never going to get that first true raving fan. If they get into this massive ocean, they'll just get swallowed up. They need to start small, get those first couple of raving fans, get that momentum, and then they can start to move out, hit that ceiling, and then break through it by expanding out even more and getting to that huge place. You know, Richard Branson didn't start off by owning an airline. He went from one to another to another, adding along the way. So I think you can build your empire that way. But I also think that you can just start with that huge industry, that huge opportunity, and grab your piece of it. So if you've tried Justin's way and failed, try the niche. If you've tried the niche way, you're not getting you're not getting the success that you want. You know, then try Justin's way. I mean, there's there's no one path for everybody. There's no silver bullet. It's really just this eternal journey of trying and succeeding. And Justin, one thing I want to turn back over to you and ask you, because you, you mentioned this in the worst entrepreneurial moment story, and I think it's so key. We are all salesmen, whether we like it or not. That's just a reality. And if we don't wake up every morning and say, okay, what am I doing in that capacity to bring my business forward? We're hurting ourselves. Can you speak to that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, from a web point of view, uh, especially if you run a sort of, as a lot of people do, a kind of um, you know media or, or B2C facing company, you often think that the website does the majority of the work for you and you kind of lose that element of salesmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, say, for example, you have a business that relies on Google AdSense and it, you know, people log on, they read the content that's written, they click on an advert, you make money. It almost gives you a pass not to sell, um, not to, to, you know, really find that kind of inner drive to, to sell and to grow the business. But I would argue that no matter what business you're in, whether it be online or offline, there is always an element of selling that you should be doing on an ongoing basis. So to give you the example I just used a second ago with a site that has online advertising, selling in that case would be picking up the phone to find advertisers or sending an email to find advertisers that are going to give you a much better rate of return than you're currently getting from Google AdSense. So I think it's, to a lot of us, it comes naturally. And I speak to quite a few entrepreneurs, strangely, who say that they're not salespeople. They say that the part they hate the most is selling without realizing that actually it's selling that got them that far in the first place. What they hate is the idea of cold calling. Um, But more often than not, if you ask someone to talk about something they're passionate about, which is usually their business, they'll have no problems doing that. So I think to find a way to systemize selling and to make that part of your daily routine, it will always help you move further. And if you have a fear of selling, it's usually just the type of selling that you've, you've got that fear of. Passive income, Justin, is a huge buzzword in our industry, and rightfully so, because it is the dream in a lot of ways, and it's something that we can all build towards and create. But the reality is, and this is just kind of a, a statement that I was thinking about and I kind of came up with while you were talking, and I'd like to kind of get your feedback on it, is that the income side of passive income only remains if you continue to put in the work. Meaning, now what I mean by that is you can set up 
passive income streams all day long. I have those for me set up absolutely with Bluehost, with Audible, with Amazon. I'm making money every single day passively, not doing anything because of these passive income streams that I've set up prior. But I have to continue to put in the work to continue to have these passive income streams, number one, grow, and number one, remain relevant because things are always changing. What are your thoughts? So this is the funny thing that you realize when you work in online acquisitions, there is a myth about what makes a passive website. And the majority of first-time buyers think that uh, a passive site is, for example, the AdSense site. You know, you have people turn up, they buy a site that already has content. They think that people will just continue to turn up and click adverts and they will literally make money on autopilot for the rest of their life. But the one thing that we know is there is no such thing as truly passive income. You will always, always need to do some work, if not to further it, to maintain it. And in some cases, if you're not furthering that, then, you know, just simply by the laws of nature, you will get left behind. So I think trying to find something that's passive is more about having a more realistic understanding of what passive means to you. And I think low maintenance is usually a better definition. So, for example, finding an e-commerce store where the majority of the fulfillment and the customer support duties are outsourced will often make a, a far more passive investment than a content business where you're constantly having to think of new ideas for content and create content, write content, edit content, etc. Fire Nation, can we just really agree together you know, as we go forward with all these interviews with successful entrepreneurs, as we go forward in our journeys, that we're not in this to create this castle with these walls and with a moat that, you know, with a drawbridge that's up to hide behind <laughs> it. And then to just never, you know, just to, just to have like a stork drop of money every, every week. Like that's not a fun life anyways. This is a journey. You know, that previous example I just gave with the stork dropping money, and that's not a reality. That might work for the first three or four months that stork might drop money. But believe me, he'll stop coming. That stork's going to stop coming. You need to be engaged. You need to be working. You need to be just very adamant about improving yourself and looking at this as a journey and that you're improving along the way because it's not the end result that's going to make us happy as entrepreneurs. It's the gradual realization of a worthy ideal, as Earl Nightingale so eloquently puts. And Justin, we could talk about this all day, my friend. We've both seen it firsthand. We're both experiencing it in our own businesses right now. But I want to move into my one-minute mindset questions, which are five insights into your mind, my friends, in 60-second blocks. Are you prepared? It's a dark place. Are you prepared? <laughs> Justin, ideally, what are the first 60 minutes of your day look like? First 60 minutes of the day, I usually wake up around 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. I've always been an early bird. And a lot of people say you should meditate at the start of the day. I've always struggled to meditate, but what I find a massive amount of value in is just taking five minutes and thinking about absolutely anything that comes into my mind at that particular time, because it almost gets all the, uh, all the crap, all the leaves out of the way. And then the next sort of 15, 30 minutes that follow tend to be a lot more focused and a lot more driven than if I hadn't have done that. So the first 60 minutes of my day are usually taking five, 10 minutes out just to focus and then organizing the rest of my day, thinking about what's important, what are the most important things I want to achieve throughout that day, and just maybe one or two fun things I'd like to do throughout the day as well, just to make sure that I've got a nice little balance. What's up with all that junk in our minds? I mean, that's there's a lot. <laughs> there's a hell of a lot. I think <laughs> the, uh, we have more junk here in the UK to contend with. There's uh, uh, just a lot of distraction here. Like, so, yeah. What is your biggest weakness, Justin, as an entrepreneur? 
I think I touched on this earlier on, but it's definitely focus. Um, I struggle to resist new and exciting ideas. I struggle to stay with the day-to-day if the day-to-day is quite regular and doesn't present much of a challenge. Um, So, yeah, I think, like many entrepreneurs, it's definitely focus. Do you know what my acronym for focus is? No. Follow one course until success. Focus. Awesome. (laughs) What's your biggest strength as an entrepreneur? Probably systemization, um, or as you say, systematization. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, for me, I I can look at uh, a process, I can look at a business and straight away see what systems are lacking and see what systems are needed to improve that business or to make that business more efficient. So that's uh, what I say is my greatest strength. What's a habit you wish you had? I wish I could go to the gym on a regular basis. Me too. Start stopping, and it's so annoying. The most annoying thing for me, Justin, is I'm looking out my window and I'm seeing the lights of the gym. I can actually see the gym. <laughs> it's just around the base, an easy little bike ride. I can park my bike right in front and walk in, but I don't do it. Why? I drive to the gym, and my gym's maybe five minutes down the road from where I live. So that just shows you how bad I should walk to the gym, really. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you're off to a bad start when you're driving to the gym. That's funny. What's one thing that has you fired up right now? I'm in the middle of, I love coding. Like I find this real kind of zen and sort of tranquility and peace of mind whenever I code. So a lot of projects where I should have one of the developers get on that, are things I like to do myself more for selfish reasons. Right now I'm working on a new e-commerce platform that focuses more on marketing and conversion more than usability like the ones off the shelf do. So this has got me really fired up because I can see all the possibilities for some of the e-commerce companies I own once we implement this and once we start to see results from it. Justin, I'm not going to hate on you for that, my friends. I got to be honest, I have edited every single one of the 868 episodes that come prior to this one for Entrepreneur on Fire. And guess what? I'm going to edit the next 868. It's, it's my baby. You know, it's, it's calming to me. This is Tuesday. This is my interview day. So I've committed to doing eight interviews today and edit all eight episodes. And, you know, for me, it's the editing part is almost like the practicing part. It's like, you don't, just sit down at a symphony and and start striking the piano. Like you practice, like my craft of practicing is hearing this interview again, is listening to how I responded to your questions, you know, where I came up short, where I should have kept going and you know, how I could have maybe asked that question in a better way. And that could be how it is for you in coding. Is there some similarities there? I think there's very few things in the world where you can say as an individual that you are one of the best in the world at this particular thing. So when you have something that you spent so much time on, I think the rule's like five years doing like sort of 60 hours a week in order to become a a true master at something. It might sound really lame when you're talking about something like coding or editing a podcast, but to us, it's, it's something that we own. It's something that we, you know, we are truly, truly good at. And not in a way where we'd ever get a medal for it. <laughs> It'd be a pretty, pretty, pretty crap ceremony, I guess. But um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome to be really good at something. And the more you do it, the better you get. You just get this excitement and passion that you should really outsource it, but actually you enjoy it too much to do that. And I think that's the most important thing, to get something in your job or your day that you really enjoy doing. And in my opinion, Justin, if you are the best in the world, why wouldn't you just want to get better? I mean, to me, it's like, even if you reach that pinnacle, it's like, I don't want to sit on that throne and just like look down upon people who aren't as good as me, you know, 
if I if I ever reach the best in the world, I'll just be like, wow, like that's pretty awesome. But I want to keep getting better personally because this is a journey of self improvement. You know, I went from horrible episode one, you know, to kind of good episode five hundred. You know, and maybe by episode a thousand. I'll consider myself good, you know, and it's one of these journeys that I enjoy being on. And, you know, we all freak out, it seems, Fire Nation, about that word scalable. It's like, what? Well, if I'm, if I'm doing something that's not scalable, that's not leverageable with my time, I'm wasting my time. And guess what? In some activities, that's true. You know, that's why I've gone into automated webinars. And there's a, an automated webinar now for podcast workshops and webinar workshops so people can watch them every single day. And I don't have to be delivering it every single day. That's, that's, that's a good scalable thing. But when it comes to certain things, own that. You know, I own my editing. Justin owns his coding, and I think we're better for it. I think there's a, a massive lesson in one of the guys that owns one of the huge startup accelerators. I think it might be Paul Graham says, you know, don't be afraid to do stuff that doesn't scale. And I find from an e-commerce point of view, you do things that don't scale, usually referring to going out of the way for customers doing things that probably aren't the most profitable decision, but make you an absolute hero in the eyes of that customer. Yeah. And I think sometimes doing things that doesn't scale in the pursuit of being excellent at one particular thing, it's totally okay because eventually you will find the way to scale that, but you just need to get the foundations right first. You need to understand what makes that process right. And the only way you can do that sometimes is often to go outside of the box. Yeah, it's actually Brad Feld of Y Combinator was quoted, ah. he was quoted as saying, do things that don't scale. He wasn't even saying like, don't be afraid. He was just like flat out, do things that don't scale, period. Like no ambiguity there. Absolutely. And I, I fully agree with that. Time after time, the things where I have got like stellar results have been the times when I've just gone out and done things that I probably couldn't replicate very easy, probably couldn't systemize very easy, but you know, they've, they've worked. They've worked for that moment and they've ignited Forgive the uh, yes, no, I love it. <laughs> and they've ignited this kind of this passion, this flame to be excellent at that particular thing, not just with myself, but company wide as well, which is uh, important when it comes to creating a culture. Well, Justin, thank you for letting us take a torch into that dark mind of yours and, and get those insights from your minds. But I'm not letting you go yet because we are still about to conquer the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's a lot to be said of the internet and its ability to help us connect. You can build anything from relationships to entire businesses with the click of a button. But there are times when online communication can't beat hearing someone's voice over the phone. The personal connection, the trust, and the peace of mind that comes with it is irreplaceable. That's why I use eVoice for my business. By helping me expertly manage all of my business calls, eVoice provides me with a better way to connect with clients and business partners. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, in a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So no matter where I am, I always have the ability to connect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for you. So visit evoice.com slash fire today. That's evoice.com slash fire. 
Fire Nation, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And with ZipRecruiter's premium traffic boost, you can get up to three times more candidates. Quickly screen applicants, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free and get 30% off your first traffic boost by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Justin, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds awesome. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Without sounding sort of self-assured or cocky, I believe I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I could say high school or uh, <laughs> not being able to drive. But truthfully, um, from my early teens, uh, I've always been making money one way or the other. That sounds both self-assured and cocky, FYI. No, just kidding. Thank you. I, uh, I do my best. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received is probably focus on the things that are important. Don't focus for the sake of focusing. And I think sometimes we get obsessed or I get obsessed with focusing, but it's what's important that matters. And now you know the acronym for focus. Absolutely. What is it? <laughs> Follow. You caught me out. Follow one course until successful. That was it. I just needed to give you a little nudge, my man. I was, I was playing with you. <laughs> Share one of your personal habits that you do have, Justin, that you believe contributes to your success. Removing choice, I think, is really important. So like anybody else, I have ups and downs and I have some days where I'm just demotivated and I don't feel as passionate. I don't feel as energetic. I have a list of about 15 different things to do that are designed to one kind of, you know, give me a lot more energy and reinvigorate me. But two, to take my mind off the fact that I'm actually feeling a little bit down and low energy. So it's just simple things like going to the gym, um, certain kinds of music, have a playlist I'll listen to. I will drink more taurine. I will take in a lot of omega-3. But it's more of a routine of doing something rather than nothing without having to think about it. And that just pushes me into you know action. It just motivates me and gets me fired up. Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I currently love a tool called Kanban Tool. I think it's kanbantool.com, and I believe they do a, a free account. It's just a really good way of organizing your thoughts, organizing your tasks, and just making sure you're doing the right things at the right time. Kanban Tool, Fire Nation, it'll be linked up in the show notes. And if you could recommend one book for our listener, Justin, what would it be and why? Oh, John, there's so many. Um <laughs> I would probably go with Business Model Generation by, I think it's Alexander Osterwalder. And this book is like, uh, I'm, I'm inclined to say it's like a, a dirty magazine for people that are into business. Like it's full <laughs> of pictures um, of different business models and different ways of structuring value propositions. But if you're into entrepreneurship, 
in general. If you're into this idea of startups as a sport, you know, where you really just like the idea of business, then it is the best book. And it's the kind of book that you want in print as opposed to digital. It's the kind of thing you want to own and have on your bookshelf. Just hold it, that physical copy. It's a great book. It really is a great book. And it's, uh, it just fills your mind with ideas and helps you sort of creativity and, and innovation. So I'd recommend everyone to get a copy. And where can we get a copy of your book, Digitally Wed? If you head over to exitplan.co, it'll take you straight through to the sales page for Digitally Wed. And there's plenty of free samples on there you can try before you buy. And uh, yeah, take a look, check it out, and hopefully it will help a lot of people through their journey. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. Not the Ben Franklin one, though. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I'd take the $500 and I'd probably just spend that on uh, food and drinks. No, food and shelter is taken care of. Oh, no, no, additional food. Like, you can never have enough food, so... I haven't seen a picture of you yet. Are you, like, Job of the Hutt or something? <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm 6'3", 200 and something pounds. So I'm, I'm in shape. I'm just quite big, but I love food. Like, so you'd be giving me the basics. You know, I'd go well above and beyond. I'd, I'd get lobster <laughs> in and quail Oh, eggs. I'm from Maine. I love that you said lobster. <laughs> awesome. Well, lobster's really cheap where you are, but ridiculously expensive here in the UK, <laughs> so feel free to ship me some over. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, um, the, the 500 pounds would neither be here nor there. The important thing for me personally would be having my friends, my family around and a MacBook Pro. As long as I can code every day, if my basic expenses are taken care of, then I'm already happy. This dude is coding Fire Nation. And Justin, let's end today on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance. The best way we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of guidance is find that shortcut, find what works for you and repeat it over and over again, no matter how monotonous or how routine that may be, because that usually is the best route towards success. And if you want to get hold of me, you can find me at centurica.com or on Twitter at flipfilter. Um, hit me up. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And guess what? You've been hanging out with Justin and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Justin in the search bar. His show notes page is going to pop right up with all the resources, links, everything we've been talking about. We will not be linking up the Benjamin Franklin audiobook for obvious reasons, <laughs> but exitplan.co for his book, Digitally Wed, centurica.com. Justin's all over the place. And Justin, thank you, my friend, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Also, if you're an entrepreneur who's prepared to ignite, visit thefirepath.com where your passion and our guidance unite. See you there.